بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Most respected ulamae kiram elders and brothers From the 30 paras of the Quran Sharif We will find that in 28 paras There is some mention or the other of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and the ummah to which he was sent to, that is the Banu Israel. There are very, very great similarities between this ummah, the Muslim ummah, and the Banu Israel. And that is why we find that they have been mentioned so excessively in the Quran Sharif. When faced with plights, difficulties, oppression, injustice and tyranny from the side of your own and his people, where the sons of the, Banu, of, the, of the Banu Israel, they were being murdered, they were being slaughtered, the daughters were being captured and enslaved, and the entire nation of the Banu Israel, we find, they were subjected to very, very difficult and harsh conditions, where they were deprived of property, of possession, of wealth, and they were deprived of their greatest right, and that is their freedom also. Then we will find that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent Musa alayhi salatu wasalam to them, Allah ta'ala didn't instruct them to now take up arms against Fir'aun and his people, to form some military base or form a coalition against Fir'aun, or to organize, arrange some strikes and marches and to go out in battle and to wage war with them. This is not what they were instructed with. But the clear instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned in the Quran Sharif, Bring some type of direction, of environment, of mahol in your homes, in your lives. Change the focus and the direction of your lives away from the glitter and the glamour of this world. Away from the influences of all the other nations around you. Don't look at what they have. Don't look at their power and their might. Change your focus away from that and bring it onto the lifestyle and the ta'aleem, the teachings of Hazrat Musa And if you have to look very, very closely at the timeline of the Banu Israel, then you will realize and you will understand that as long as they had adhered to the teachings and the ta'aleem of Musa and the different anbiya that were sent to them, as long as they followed that, that advice and that way of life, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made them victors and conquerors of the different lands. And what, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't do for the Banu Israel? They, they used to get food from heaven. At one stage, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even stopped time for the Banu Israel. He had stopped the sun from setting until after they had conquered that certain land. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had resumed time. And if you have to look at the history of the history of the Banu Israel, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't give them, what ni'mat and what favors Allah didn't favor them with. But this was when they adhered to the ta'aleem of the Torah, the teachings of Musa salam and all the other anbiya salam that had come to them. And when they began to disregard the laws of the Torah, they began to disregard Musa salam. They began to disregard all his teaching, that way of life. And they got influenced by all the other nations around them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that there was a very, very powerful nation. 
And they used to worship a god, a very huge golden statue that they used to call Baal. And the Banu Israel got involved in that also. Then they got involved in the worshipping of the calf. And so many, so many things that they had got involved, they were influenced by shaitan. They were influenced by the glitter and the glamour of the world, of the power and the might of the other nations around them. And whenever they got influenced, and they disregarded what Musa salam had come to them with, then we will find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had subjected them to very, very difficult and harsh conditions. Whether it was under the rulership of Firaun and his people, or whether it was Bukhte Nasr, whether it was King Herod that we hear of in history, and what, what they were subjected to, the torture, the difficulty, as a punishment from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That when you go off, then there is a repercussion. In the hadith, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam has mentioned that we the Muslim ummah, we, are, we will follow the Banu Israel and Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam had used the term Hadwan na'li bin na'al that one is we follow a person, he is driving ahead of us, we drive behind him over the potholes, over the speed humps, through the dirt roads, past the red robots etc. Or we walking behind someone and we following to some destination. And one is we take our foot and we place it in the exact same spot as that person has placed his foot. This is what was meant by Hadwan Na'li bin Na'al. Nabi Ali Salam had mentioned that you will follow the Banu Israel footprint for footprint. The Quran Sharif was revealed some several thousand years after Musa Ali Salam, after the Banu Israel. Yet so much mention of them in the Quran Sharif as a lesson to us that, the, that similar conditions that had come upon them, those harsh, those difficult conditions, the oppression, the injustice, those same conditions or similar will come upon this Ummah, the Muslim Ummah. And the same solution that come for them to turn away from that way of life, to turn away from the, from the glitter and the glamour of the world, to focus ourselves away from the other nations and to come upon the advice or the way of life of what your Nabi is teaching you. That same solution will hold true for us also. And today, what is not happening in the Ummah? In the different parts of the world, no sooner have we heard something happening to the Muslims on one side in one country, the very next day we are hearing something in another country or in another part of the world. And definitely it is something that will affect us. It is something that will grieve us. Any person with an iota of iman, when we hear about what is happening to our brothers, wherever it is, it is something that will hurt our, our hearts. And this is what Nabi Ali Salaam had also mentioned. Al-Muslimun ka-rajulin wahid. That the entire Muslim ummah across the world, but we are all like one person. In ishtaka aynuhu, ishtaka kullu, in ishtaka ra'su, ishtaka kullu. If the person's head is paining, the entire body will pain. Any part of a person's body will pain, the entire body will feel that pain. This is the Muslim Ummah. And what we have to understand, the solution to everything, all our problems, it lies in coming back to the Sunnah Tariqah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had entered into the land of Sham in the time of Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu. 
And at that time, Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they were just conquering land after land after land. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help, Allah's madad, Allah's assistance was with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And they had now entered into the land of Sham, Syria. And Syria wasn't at that time, it wasn't like how we know it to be today, just the Syrian regime. But at that time, Syria was a combination of the different countries. It was Syria, it was Jordan, it was Amman, uh, Armenia, Turkey, Iraq. All this fell under one rulership, one land, and that was known as Sham, Syria. And at that time, Syria or Sham, it was ruled and it was governed by a very, very powerful and a mighty king. Whose, whose title was Hirakal, we know him as Hercules. If you have to look or read up about the history about this person, what a person he was, unchallenged, and what might, what power he had, what armies he had, what weaponry he had at his disposal. But when Sahaba radiallahu anhum entered into his land, then every army that he is sending against them, every one of them are coming back defeated. At one point he had sent an army of 240,000 soldiers against Sahaba radiallahu anhum who are 40,000. Can we imagine weigh the odds against Sahaba radiallahu anhum? How they managed to get out of that battle and how they managed to just destroy and annihilate that entire army. That is only the mother and the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once again, when the army had come defeated, then he gathers all of them. He gathers the soldiers, he gathers his generals and the entire army, and all those that, all the citizens around them. And he asks them that these people that you are fighting, these people from Arabia, are they human beings or are they a different creation altogether? So they mentioned to him that no, definitely they are human beings. Do you outnumber them or they outnumber you? We far outnumber them. As mentioned, one of the armies was 240,000 against 40,000. So he mentions to them that what is the reason that you are not coming with the news of victory? Every time you are coming with defeat, it is disgrace upon us, disgrace upon me, disgrace upon our entire land, our community. What is the reason? So none of them could answer. None of them had an answer. But there was one old general that was right at the back of the crowd. He stood up and he mentions there is one reason. What is the reason? He mentioned several reasons, about six or seven reasons. How Sahaba radiallahu anhum spend their nights. How they spend their days. In the nights they are crying in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the, night, in the day with full yaqeen in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are coming and they are, they are facing us. And then he mentioned about their entire day, their day-to-day lives. How they treat one another, how they treat each other, their personality with each another, their akhlaq, their, their, how they eat, how they, how they sleep, the simplicity and the humility of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And he says it is because of this way of life of theirs that they have gotten or they have been taught by their Nabi, by the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They are moving and they, are, they have the divine assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Hirakal hears this, he was a Christian and he was well versed in his scriptures. He looks at the general and he mentions that indeed 
It is because of this way of life that they are moving under the divine protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are moving with the divine assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Take out sunnah from our lives, my respected elders and brothers. We are nothing. Look at today what honor and what glory the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had. What, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had spread at their feet. History will bear testimony to this fact. That as long as a Muslim ummah had clung to the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had opened the treasures and the, and the doors of the world at the feet of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. At the feet of the Muslim ummah. But no sooner had now we begun to look at other nations and we want to emulate them, we want to become like them, we want to behave like them, we want to live like their lifestyle. Then together with the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, together with the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our izzat, our dignity, our honor and our glory also went. Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu mentions, Kunna ahqaran nas wa aqallan nas wa adhallan nas. We, the Arab nation, we were the worst of nations. We were the worst of nations in the entire world. Obviously, Islam had changed everything. And what a, what a change Islam had brought. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, wherever they went, whether it was for the sake of trade, whether it was for the sake of business, whether it was for the sake of battle or jihad or war, or whether it was to settle down in another country altogether, they took with them the ta'aleem and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They never had this inferiority complex with them. They were proud Muslims. They were proud, they loved the sunnah. They lived sunnah, they propagated sunnah, they practiced upon sunnah, they promoted sunnah. And they showed the world that we are those who will practice upon sunnah also. Unfortunately, my respected elders and brothers, today we go to some holiday destination, whether it is local or somewhere international, and leave alone the sunnah, already our faraiz is compromised. We go to some public area and maybe no musalla or masjid nearby, we are shy to, to spread our musalla down and to perform our salah. What the people will say? We are, we are feeling shy to make jamaat salah. Why the onlookers, what they'll think and they'll ridicule and they'll mock, etc. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they never had this inferiority complex with them. And that is why Allah's madad and Allah's assistance was with them all the time. They were proud Muslims, they were proud of the sunnah and they were proud of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the sixth year Hijri, when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had had some vision or some dream where he was making tawaf around the Kaaba Sharif, then he had mentioned to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that maybe we must go and we must perform an umrah, go to Makkah Sharif and perform umrah. So Sahaba radiallahu anhum also, they became very very happy. A person who goes for umrah today, and what that, that magnetic draw that the Kaaba Sharif has on our hearts. We don't want to leave Makkah Sharif when, we, when, we, when it's time to come back. Even a person can go every year and the more a person will go, the more that pull, that draw is there. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they grew up in front of the Kaaba Sharif. Their lives revolved around Kaaba Sharif. When they had to migrate and they had to make hijrah from Makkah Sharif to Medina Sharif, the, the most difficult and the hardest tasks, the hardest it was for them, they had to tear their hearts away from the Baytullah, from the Kaaba Sharif and come to Medina Sharif. After six years, 
they get Nabi Ali Salatu Salam tells them that let us go back. And how happy and how elated they must have been. They travel all the way from Medina Sharif, they come to the outskirts of Makkah, Makkah Sharif. And the Kuffar had barred the entry. They were not allowing them to come into Makkah Sharif. So Nabi Ali Salatu Salam, he made mashura, he consulted the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that we need to send someone into Makkah Sharif to explain to the Kuffar, explain to the leaders, the chiefs of Makkah Sharif, that we are not here to wage any war, or go into battle or to cause any disturbance. We are not here for bloodshed. All we want is just to circumambulate, just to make tawaf of the Kaaba Sharif, make our Umrah and go back to Madinah Sharif. So the first person initially Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam had chosen was that Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. He had mentioned that Umar, you have the qualities of a leader, you have the qualities of, the, of an ambassador. Umar radiallahu anhu, you go. So Umar radiallahu anhu mentions that, O Nabi of Allah, if this is your command, then definitely I will go without questioning. But my suggestion, my rai, is that you send someone the likes of Usman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu. Because if I go, I'm a person that is hated by the people of Makkah Sharif. I don't even have relatives, I don't even have family in Makkah Sharif. But Usman is a person who is well loved by everyone. By Muslim, non-Muslim, everyone loves him. He has that lofty status amongst everyone. He was known to be kind-hearted, his personality, his character. He's a soft-hearted person. So maybe there's a greater chance that if Usman goes, then they will accede, they will accede or they will accept his request. If I go, there is hardly any chance of, of the request being accepted by them. So Nabi Ali Salaam accepts the, the suggestion and he sends Usman radiallahu anhu. Usman enters as the ambassador, as, as the envoy of the Saba radiallahu anhum. His cousin, Abban bin Sa'id, he comes to him and he, under his protection, Usman radiallahu anhu enters into Makkah Sharif. So as they are traveling, as they are walking towards the, the chiefs or the leaders of Makkah Sharif, his cousin tells him that, Oh Usman, this clothing that you are wearing, how nice if you just maybe lower the garment a little below your ankles. Just lower it a, lo- a little below the ankles, because how you are wearing it now, you are, you are going to be ridiculed. The entire city, every one of us, it's a form of sharaf, it's a form of honor to have it below our ankles. So if you also just lower your garment below your ankles, then there is a greater chance of your request being accepted by the chiefs and the leaders of Makkah Sharif. Hazrat Usman radiallahu looks at him and he mentions to him that, Oh my cousin, you are telling me to go against the sunnah of my Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Something that my Nabi alayhi salatu has prohibited us. It is not the way of my Nabi to have his garments below the ankles. Nabi alayhi has taught us to keep our pants, our lower garments above our ankles. What they will say, what they will ridicule me about, whether everyone laughs at me, that is not of my, that is not of my concern. I don't care about anyone. The only thing I care about is fulfilling and being, up, being, being steadfast upon the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What the request is, whether they'll accept, whether they'll decline, that is, no, that is not of no importance to me. But the sunnah of my Nabi Ali Sanam is what is of importance. Now, had it been us, we would have said that now maybe we need to compromise. Look at the bigger picture. You 
maybe lose the battle, win the war, and what what sentiments, what what statements we might say. But Sahaba radiallahu anhum, there was no compromise on the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when they showed the world, when they showed the world that we are these people, we will practice upon the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salam, then Allah showed the world that these Sahaba radiallahu anhum are my chosen servants. Coming back to what Umar radiallahu anhu had mentioned, he mentions that we were the worst of nations in the entire world. This is the reputation that we, the Arab nation, had. We were known to be the worst of the lot. فَأَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed us with izzat, with dignity, with honor and glory. Through Islam and through following the footsteps and the ta'deen, the teachings, the way of life, shown to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And thereafter, Umar radiallahu anhu mentions, فَمَهْمَا تَطْلُبُ الْعِزَّةِ بِغَيْرِهِ If we want to seek this izzat, little bit dignity, little bit honor, in any other way of life, we want to look like these people, we want to dress like them, we want to have that certain hairstyle, we want to have that person's name at the back of our t-shirt, and that certain branded logos and emblems all over our clothes. And this is against the sunnah of our Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Then Umar radiallahu anhu mentions, يُذِلُّكُمُ اللَّهِ Allah will disgrace us. When we are going to drift away from the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, then we are bringing disgrace upon ourselves. And today we see what is not happening to the ummah across the world. Our solution, our izzat, our honor, our dignity, our glory, lies in following the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And sunnah doesn't only refer to how we appear, or what clothes we are wearing, how we keeping the beard, or how we keeping our hair. That is not only sunnah. Sunnah is an entire way of life. How a person eats, how we, how we sleep, how we interact with each other, how we treat our wives, how we treat our children, how we treat our helpers in our, in our homes, in our businesses, how we even relieve ourselves also. Even there, there is a sunnah, there is ta'deem and teachings. The Bihari Salaam has taught us that also. Right down to our day-to-day activities of putting on our clothes, wearing our shoes, uh, how we take out our clothes, how we give something, how we receive something, how we trim our hair, how we pay our nails, everything. These are actions that we are, we are involved in. Daily, it is our day-to-day actions. All we have to do is just bring it in alignment with the ta'aleem and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and automatically it will become sunnah. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala make us proper ummatis, true ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And Allah grant us the ability and the tawfiq of implementing as many, many sunnahs of Nabi alayhi wa in our lives. Wa akhiru da'wana alayhi wa